You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes and Mr. Class Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing today slash tonight? Doing great, Pete. Oh, just excellent. Excellent Good. stuff. Just just a sheer delight. Um, we have lots going on in the NFL world, and we have lots to get to. And we have so much to get to, in fact, that we don't even have like a like a, a a main dish i guess you would say on this podcast it's just news we're just going to be talking about football news but there's so much to talk about we figured that will just build itself into an entire show just top us all just night to, just top us on yeah we're doing a small plate podcast you know you you don't order any uh, entrees you just get a bunch of little appetizers and it's still a delicious fulfilling meal so there you go um why beat around the bush why not just get a machete and hack right through it and let's start with the biggest news that's possibly going on right now um the giants are trading odell beckham jr question mark exclamation mark comma who knows an an homage to off-season stories uh (laughs) something might happen news cycle for a week and a half if it yeah exactly there's a slight possibility that this is going on and now it'll occupy all of our brainwaves um until the uh, foreseeable future uh so anyways so uh before we do what we do best on this podcast, which is wildly speculate, of course, um, let's start off with some facts revolving around this groundbreaking news. Here we go. Here are the facts. Odell is on the last year of his rookie deal. Odell has already gone on record saying that he will not play this year until he has a long-term deal, which makes sense. Very mm-hmm. smart decision business-wise. Uh, Odell is going to get paid a ton of money because despite what people might have forgotten or think about him he is arguably the best wide receiver in this game right now um and already one of the best receivers of all time if you look at his number statistically it's pretty freaky um fact number one of my four odell seemingly has been a headache to the giants in the past um and am i missing any other facts those were all the facts that i could conjure up Injured last year, so a lot of people seem to uh, have forgotten him. And by forgotten him, I mean he's going like 8th, ninth, 10th, and early MFL 10s. Which to me, that means we have forgotten how good Odell Beckham is. It's like uh, Jordan's little plea to remember how good AJ Green is last week. Yes, Odell Beckham should not be should not be sitting around in the uh, back half of the first round. That's pretty ridiculous. So let's start off with the first question, I guess, revolving around the whole Odell Beckham uh, uh, experience or just this whole little rumor that we want to speculate about. If you are the Giants, let's let's all let's all, you know, we were Browns GM a couple podcasts ago. Let's be the Giants right now. 
would you want to trade Odell? I know the rumors have been spreading and the rumors have been really coming from the Giants camp. Uh, they were the ones who put this out there. They were the ones who said trade and Odell Beckham in the same sentence. But uh, Jordan, let's start with you. Would you, if you were the Giants, would, regardless of whatever offer you're going to get, would you even conceive of the notion of, of trading Odell? If I'm the Giants, then absolutely not. You, I mean, to me, he's their best player on either side of the ball. Um, he can go out there and single-handedly win you a game, which is rare for a player that is not a quarterback. Like, he can take one of those quick slant routes the distance. He can go 80 yards with that stuff, and he can win you games. I don't know what the Giants are even considering doing if they're actually trying to move him or if they're using that maybe as leverage to bring down his um his contract price i I have no idea but by that i mean they're just gonna send him to a team that he doesn't want to go be like hey sign for a lower price or we'll trade you to x team that you know you don't want to go there nobody wants to go there i I have no idea that's i'm coming up with conspiracy theories because i will send you to the jets we right. do and like the Jets, the Jets is a valid option because the thing is, is like the team that everyone goes to, right? The the doghouse literally of the NFL is the Cleveland Browns, right? That's what when Jamie Collins was like, hey, Bill Belichick, I'm going to get a paid Von Miller money. Bill Belichick's like, yeah, OK, we're shipping you off to Cleveland. Odell would love to be in Cleveland. That's where his boy Jarvis Landry is. What's so fun to speculate about this is there's not a team in the NFL that fans couldn't get excited if they got Odell Beckham to like the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Like, what if it was Julio and Odell? Oh my God. What if it was AJ Green and Odell? Like, even though I love the Texans wide receivers, what if it was Hopkins, Fuller and Odell? Like, there's no team that you wouldn't, except for the Jets, that you wouldn't enjoy seeing Odell Beckham go to. Even on the Jets, we'll touch on their their wide receiver core a little bit later. They... Like, you now have the third overall pick. Like, you can get imagine getting yourself uh, an excitable rookie quarterback, and you've got old Dale Beckham there. It's it's crazy. So, Clark, are you also on this similar bandwagon of just there's no reason to trade him, that it's pointless and stupid? No, I, I, I pay him. I, I cave to the demands of what I think is – I mean, I think Antonio Brown is the best just because he's been doing it for maybe a year or two longer. But that's, I think they're equally talented. So, no, I cave and pay him and, like, okay, the player wins. Who cares? You're going to, you should be getting a quarterback second this year. So it won't just be the black hole of despair. You should have a rookie quarterback and then Odell for another five years. Yeah. I can't let him go. Especially if the, and the Giants have been so adamant about this um, once they brought in the new regime. Especially if you think Eli Manning has even like two years left, right? If you're trying to milk out every last drop of football that Eli Manning has left in him, don't get don't get rid of the player that makes this offense tick and makes Eli Manning the best version of Eli Manning. Like there are all kinds of stats, and I think Bill Barnwell and the ESPN tweeted it out when the first reports were that uh, the Giants were thinking or had put Odell Beckham and the word trade together in the same sentence. Uh, that Eli is just hot freaking garbage without Odell Beckham. I think I think without Odell Beckham on the field, he's thrown 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions and has like a 60% completion completion percentage. Uh, whereas I think he is like a 64 or five completion percentage and has a lot more touchdowns and interceptions with Odell on the field. So like if you truly think that you can get another two years out of Eli Manning and that's who you want to roll with, 
it just seems completely stupid to me, no matter what your return is, to be like, yeah, okay, we trust you, Eli. We want you here for the next couple of years, but we're going to get rid of your favorite weapon that makes you actually a good, capable starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, keeper league owners, dynasty fantasy league owners who may have drafted Odell Beckham Jr. in the first round. Hint, hint, I'm referring to myself. I it doesn't matter if Odell leaves the Giants. It's not like he was being propped up by an all-world quarterback. Eli Manning has had his time, but he's past that, obviously. So he could go to Indianapolis and you know make Jacoby Brissett look like Eli Manning did. Like no problem. He will make your quarterback better. So let's uh let's take that perfect transition and funnel it into the next question that of course everyone naturally has on their mind. Um, and I wrote about this on faketeams.com, but uh, Clark, we'll start with you. Let's say the Giants do trade Odell. Uh, what is your favorite landing spot for him? So I think a lot of teams can get this done. It's really anywhere with a quarterback that has the money. Uh, a few teams that I have here that we just mentioned, the Colts have plenty of money and they have the draft capital now to get it done. The Niners and even the Packers. I mean, I hate to play to the home crowd here with Jordan, but just... But- <laughs> Any team, really, that has a good quarterback from a fantasy perspective, you're going to be extremely excited, and any market should be excited to get him. So let's let's uh, let's steer into the home crowd, because I can only assume that Jordan is not going to pick any team other than the Green Bay Packers uh, to nope. just discuss, <laughs> discuss about a pairing. Um, and this was the number one team. I listed five teams that I would want Odell Beckham to go to, uh, and the Packers were my number one team. And at the end of it, I put a poll and I'll pose this question to you guys. Uh, I put a poll at the end was like, if Odell Beckham does go, if the Green Bay Packers pull off the miracle, get Odell Beckham, uh, is he the number one pick in fantasy football this year? If it's a receiver heavy league, um, or if at least that's the trend that keeps on happening, then, oh boy, I can definitely see him going for like over 20 touchdowns. That was that was my other question is, does he break Randy Moss's 23 touchdown season? I, I think it's very well possible. I mean, to me, I know this is super hyperbole, but I'm the Homer Packers fan. This would be like Jordan getting his Pippin. Like, it would just be pretty much over. Yeah, I, I can't take a receiver over Le'Veon Bell, but I would be so happy to have Odell Beckham fall to me at number two in yeah. any draft, in any format. That's very high praise for me. I am a running back early person, so that's how good I think he he could be. Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham together would just be unfair. Um, and it would be beautiful to watch from a football standpoint. Like, you couldn't be pairing a more a better duo of more physically talented players. Aaron Rodgers is the most physically talented quarterback in the NFL right now. And I would argue Odell is the most physically talented wide receiver in the league and putting those two together. I mean, just imagine all of the insanity that you've seen both of them pull off individually. Imagine seeing that shit together. It would, it would melt the internet. Yeah. And the Packers have other nice pieces too. So it could be one of those, you know, Aaron Rodgers getting a little upset that Kirk Cousins got so much money. Let's put up 55 touchdowns and get paid type of years. My, I I had to put a team that wasn't the Packers because I knew Jordan was going to, uh, <laughs> was going to pick them. Uh, and we talked and Clark, you alluded to them too. Uh, Indianapolis, I think uh, they've, a, like we said, they've got a whole bunch of picks now uh, from their trade with uh, the jets that they could use to get Beckham out of New York. Um, they have a franchise quarterback that could use, you know, 
can take full advantage of Odell. And I'm I'm playing under Clark's uh, scenario here where Andrew Luck plays in 2018. But I think it, the bigger thing is, is that they also are a team that's desperate to make a move to remind people that they are, in fact, an NFL team and to try to like be taken seriously in the AFC South again. Like that used to be their division. And now suddenly all of these teams have passed them. And if you put Odell Beckham with T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck, now you've got an offense that could finally go. I mean, think of you got to play the Jaguars twice a year. You got to play the Texans. You got to play. You got to play some really stout elite defenses. Uh, having two of the top what ten receivers in the game would be uh, pretty helpful. Yeah, I would say because um, for me, I want to say the Packers. Um, I think they it's kind of a pipe dream because that's just something the Packers don't do i mean they i don't think they've made a trade like that since they got like reggie white um granted that was huge but um, you but gudekunst is good anything is anything's on the table with gudekunst at the helm that's true i mean i mean you you bring up the the factor of having um getting a little bit of assistance in the afc south i think um one division that could really use some assistance after last week is um the nfc west and I'm talking about teams like the San Francisco 49ers and the Seahawks and um, the Arizona Cardinals, who could use a little bit of assistance going up against the Rams. So um, all 31 teams should honestly be inquiring what they can do to deal for yeah. Odell Beckham. At least get, put the call in. Yeah, and the, the price tag that everybody's floating around is two first-round draft picks, and I've seen people vehemently coming out on both sides of that's ridiculous. You can't give away first round draft picks and other people saying that is ridiculous. Of course you give away two first round draft picks. And let me tell you why. So I know we're, we're coming into the NFL draft and it's exciting and it's all that we've had to talk about for a couple of months. And all of these guys are going to be pro bowlers and half of the guys in the first and second round are going to be uh, hall of famers and all of that. But <laughs> let's look at, let's look at a couple of the, the most recent drafts and just some reminders of, of how these drafts actually turn out after they start playing football. So in 2013, we had Dion Jordan going third overall. Remember Dion Jordan? I do. That was an awesome pick. Good. So we, had we had Barcavius Mingo going sixth. At least he's still in the league. Oh, we had Tavon man. Austin going eighth. EJ Manuel 16th. Cordell Patterson 29th. So that's what you may be giving up with one of your first round picks. The 2014 draft that was just amazing. Had Justin Gilbert going eighth, Calvin Pryor, Pryor going eighteenth, Johnny Menzel going twenty second. I, I won't bore you. I wrote down like tons of these, but in twenty seventeen <laughs> we had three wide receivers go in the top ten, and they hardly played. We had Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross. Oh, so the value of the first round pick is really huge this time of year, but once they start playing, yeah, you don't know. This is yeah, I totally agree with you, Clark. I don't understand anyone who argues like, oh, I want to keep the pick because who I could get a Hall of Famer. Odell Beckham is a Hall of Famer there. Like you look at his numbers and you compare them to anyone else in the history of the NFL. And I've seen someone do just God damn it. It was when Schefter tweeted out being like the uh, the Giants are asking for two. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is just such a trash take for two first round picks. One of the top comments I saw on it was this guy being like, oh, two first round picks. Odell's not worth it. He's not Jerry Rice. It's like, sure, he's not Jerry Rice, but he's already. Yeah, he's been already one of the most productive receivers in the history of the NFL in his time 
You know, if you take the first three years of anyone's NFL career, Odell Beckham, I think, is like second or third on the list in the history of the NFL in terms of production. And it's just like, why would you ever think that the player that you're going to take at even one or two or three is going to, you know what you have in Odell. Why take the risk? Why take the gamble? And so I think that's why naturally, because of the fact we've alluded to the fact that the Browns have connections, um, I think that's, and they just have so many picks and they're a team that wants to finally do something to be noted, to be recognized. Um, a lot of people, they are the team that makes sense. And so because they can make moves and Build a package that might be enticing to the Giants. Maybe they don't actually give them two first round picks, but if you were the Giants and the Browns call and they offer you number four and number 33, take you take, take it. it. Take you it. take that. You, it, and the so, Giants will. I wouldn't, as we discussed. Right. I don't trade him. So the question is all right, so, so, and so let me go through. Well, I had a I had a whole bunch of cool little connections that the Giants have and or that the Bear the Browns have with Odell Beckham, obviously Jarvis Landry, but also the Browns wide receiver coach, uh, Adam Henry, was the wide receiver coach for the Giants and worked with Odell. So there's a connection. Um, but so, anyways, so let's say the trade does happen. Let's say the Giants do say, all right, you know what, we'll take your number four and we'll take your number thirty-three. So now the Giants are coming into the draft with pick number two pick number four, pick number 33, which is the first pick in the second round, and pick number 34, second pick in the second round. Um, Jordan, we'll start with you. Just off the top of your head, like if you're the Giants, what do you do with all that? Um, well, without Odell Beckham, I think number two, you have to grab a quarterback. Like that's just a no-brainer because then I think you're in some – small form of a rebuild. I mean, you got Eli Manning and Evan Ingram on offense. Um, maybe at number four, you hope Saquon Barkley falls down a little bit. Um, you can grab him with the fourth pick. Otherwise you can, um, I mean, they traded Jason Pierre Paul. We didn't even really touch on that with all this Odell talk, but um, you could go and maybe see if Bradley Chubb is still available at four because um, who's picking number three? The Jets. The Jets, they'll be picking up a quarterback. Um, so Chubb might fall. And then at 33, back end of the draft, maybe that's when you start looking at uh, maybe a pass catcher, getting somebody to replace some of the production. Um, people forget, too, that two years ago, um, I mean, obviously the Giants were in a free fall last year once Odell went down and because their uh, head coach had a um, – cheesecake factory type of playbook <laughs> that they bought like a top 10 defense like that defense was good so i don't think you need to put as much emphasis on that side of the ball but if you can go and get like a bradley chubb or one of the top defensive backs i think you pull the trigger there but otherwise i'm thinking two offense one of those being a quarterback and maybe one defense clark what about yourself yeah i mean i think you'd you'd want to pick up barkley because you would be in rebuild mode. And then I'd be praying I could get my 33 and 34 and turn that back into a first round pick and get Lamar Jackson late. That's so that is exactly my thought is if I'm the giants and it doesn't need to be Lamar Jackson, but if I'm the giants, I mean, it does, let's be honest. It uh, does need to be, it Lamar does Jackson. need to be Lamar Jackson, but if I'm the giants uh, and I have the second and fourth pick, I know 
Cleveland's going quarterback at one, and I know the Jets are going quarterback at one. I can take the two best players in this draft, Saquon Barkley and Bradley Chubb. I can get an elite pass rusher who people have already said is better than Miles Garrett was last year coming into the league, and I can get the best running back prospect that has come into the league since pick whomever you want. Um, or the most complete running back prospect coming into the league. And so now suddenly I am able to take the two best players in this draft by a large margin. And maybe with 33 and 34 and maybe some future picks, whatever you need to do, you can either see what one of these quarterbacks falls in your lap or package them to move back up into the back end of the draft uh, in order to take someone like Lamar Jackson or what have you and have him sit behind Eli. A, a running back in Saquon Bar, a legit run game, behind Eli is going to extend his career and life. Um, that's what I would do if I was the Giants. I would just completely say, screw it. Let's do a complete rebuild. Unless they're like completely in love with one of these quarterbacks. But I don't really think they are. I don't think any of these Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen, um, like completely they're infatuated with to the point where they're going to take them at two, but maybe. They should just go full fun squad and keep the number two pick, keep Odell and drop Baker Mayfield at number two. Cause I would watch that team every single Sunday. Oh my God. That would instantly become much watch must watch NFL football pregame and postgame. I would just be dialed in. <laughs> but if you're the giants and you're really not going to draft a quarterback, don't you have to trade to the five just to make the jets look bad? You do, and you have to make a, and you just have to make a bounty so that you can for make like the Jets. And- no, no, for like a fourth, like do it just to be mean. Do it just to be just, mean. Just to be mean. Just be like, hey, other New York team, go suck it. Um, yeah, that would be that would be a pretty cool, cruel move. Um, so there you go. So there's some Odell talk, some wild speculation. Um, we've all all are in agreement that the Giants just should not trade Odell, but if they, for whatever reason, are compelled to. Um, it would make this draft very exciting. You know, I think from a management perspective, the GM goes and talks to Odell and is like, hey, man, could you do me a solid and not make me look like a cuckold out in the media? I was going to pay you. You just like, please don't put me on blast. And and I'm going to pay you. And then as the GM, you got to swallow your pride and pay one of the best players in football. Like he's young. He said something stupid and it's a story because we don't have anything else to talk about. So just pay him. It's fine. Swallow your pride. Yeah. Pay him a ton of money. And you know, the thing is, I think the biggest sticking point <laughs> is that, or if I was Odell's agent, the first thing, if I'm making contact negotiation talk, first thing I do when I walk through the door and I say, Dante Moncrief got a fully guaranteed contract. That's, I am not accepting anything less than a fully guaranteed contract. I don't care whatever it is. The fact that Dante Moncrief got that, that's what we want. And then the Giants are like, ah, shit, damn you Jaguars. Shall we tackle some some other NFL news? Shall we? Moving on down the list. Jordan has alluded to this, but it happened, everyone. We we talked about it at length on last week's podcast, and Dominican Sue has decided to take his talents to L.A. for less money. Uh, The Suinator is joining forces with Donald, and that low defense is just about to destroy uh, the NFC West. Oh, my goodness. I don't – I am – so excited for this to watch this this team and like i was excited for them just seeing what they're able to do in year two blah 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 blah. but this defense has the possibility of being one of if not the one of the greatest defenses we've ever witnessed i i have i have a hard time thinking of a team that has had two elite players at at two different positions on their defense at the same time i 
eventually got to the thought that I was thinking. Maybe my phrasing was as was wildly uh, uh, incorrect, but I got there. I got there eventually. Uh, so I mean, yeah, just thoughts, you guys, because I am in love and obsessed with this. I think it's exciting for the NFC to finally have a defense that can contend with the Texans and what they're going to do this year. Uh, I think uh, where you have to give the, I, I think the Texans do have that set up with the caveat of if JJ Watt can come back to 90% of what he was, I think that what Watt and Clowney do complement each other a little bit better than what Donald and, uh, sue do but that is splitting the thinnest of hairs possible <laughs> and i think the ram secondary and i think the creativity we've seen from wade phillips you know really does give them the edge i love elite defenses it's just really interesting to see a high-flying offense go somewhere and look completely inept and we don't get to see that very often uh so even though i try to not get super excited about free agency moves and dream teams getting put together in the off season, what the Rams are doing is incredibly exciting. And they have a coach that has a pedigree of being able to quickly put together a team that can dominate. And what's the coolest thing about this Rams team in my mind is the fact that a lot of those like super destructive defenses that we've seen tend to be, tend to be coupled with kind of lackadaisical offenses, right? You don't necessarily tend to get like the just sheer destruction on defense with the just offense that will score 30 points a game. I think you might've gotten a little bit of that in what was it? 2015 with the Broncos where they had Peyton going crazy and you had Von Miller, like Von Miller's quick, quick rise to, uh, to stardom. But even then the year that the Broncos defense was so exceptional and basically won them a Super Bowl, Peyton Manning, that was the year Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler sp split time. So, I mean, <clears throat> Being able to see if we see anything like what we saw the Rams offense looking like last year, plus this defense that now has two of the top five interior pass rushers in the NFL and two of the top five, top 10 corners in the NFL like that, especially with a keep to I mean, this, this is a this is a defense that is perfectly constructed because you have that ferocious pass rush and you have two corners who are exceptional at baiting throws and making plays on the ball and a keep to leap and Marcus Peters. I just, I think it's just going to be interceptions galore for that defense and a little defensive fantasy talk. Um, in a lot of those mocks that I was doing the Rams widely available late into the 14th round. And I would, I would spend a, uh, a draft pick on the Rams defense this year. Yeah, so with uh, Sue, Talib, and Peters all on one team, what's the over under for ejections here? <laughs> I think I think you could I think you could probably bet an ejection every other game. Oh, an ejection every other game, but also they're going to get like two turnovers a game just among right. the three of them. Um, I think with what the Rams are doing with what they've been doing all off season is they are absolutely going all in with the best asset in pro football right now. And that's a cheap young quarterback helming your offense. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're able to pay all these sorts of guys and trade for them. Um, and I think it's, they're working on a, part of their defense that I think is going to start to get a little bit more focus around the NFL. You've seen this evolution with defensive ends. So the left tackle and the right tackle have started to become of equal importance as far as the offensive line goes. So um, the right tackle has to be just as good as at pass blocking as the left tackle. And 
I think that's left a little bit of a soft spot for bringing pressure up the middle of the defense, which is part of the reason why I've been um, kind of championing the idea of the Packers drafting um, Roquan Smith, the middle linebacker out of Georgia, if he falls that far, because I'm like, hey, there's more than one way to get pressure on the quarterback. And if that pressure with Ndamukong Sue and Aaron, Aaron Donald is right up in your face, like not worrying about looking over your shoulder or where the pressure is coming from on the outside. If it is right up on your face, that makes it a lot harder for you, um, especially in that division. I mean, Russell Wilson's not the tallest quarterback. He is a Houdini, but if that pressure is just coming right up at you, Aaron Donald, I'm pretty sure he leads the uh, league over the past couple of years by a wide margin um, from interior pressures and, it's just, it's terrifying, really. I mean, a motivated and Dominican Sue with Wade Phillips. It's, I, I don't know. I'm scared if I'm the NFC West offenses. This makes me feel not bad at all when I play Madden and I'm like a, a GM for a team and I just go out and sign all of the best free agents and just build a super <laughs> team. I don't feel bad about that anymore because that's literally what is happening across. That's what the Rams just did. Pretty much. I had just got done being excited about Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, and Muhammad Wilkerson. I was like, yes, we got a good defensive line. And then LA is just like, hold my beer. We just got finished being <laughs> excited about Jimmy Grappolo in year two. And who knows if he even survives year two. It's, oh. uh, it's going to be fun to watch that division. That's for sure. Uh, moving on in the news. The uh, Dallas Cowboys making wide receiver moves, uh, signing a Jaguar ex-Jaguars Alex Hearns. Alex Hearns? Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns. <clears throat> That's right, because there's the two Allens. Who typed my notes? God damn it. Alan Hearns, a two-year deal worth up to $12 million. Um, Yeah, good move, I guess. Well bought, well sold. Yeah, good job. Well, the, the Cowboys, I had a, a Cowboys fan come to me on Twitter. We had a little bit of a discussion about the Cowboys salary cap and how it's just somehow in shambles, even though they have a rookie QB. Um, and he, he kind of explained to me, I never kept an eye on it before, but he's like, um, Jerry Jones, man, he, he just gives up bad deals year he in does. and year out. And you, I mean, and we just, just finishing what LA is doing and the Eagles just won a Super Bowl on it. And I think the, the ringer wrote an article about this where it's like, Dallas is really kind of effing up this whole situation because like you said, Jordan, the best asset in football right now is a rookie is a quarterback on a rookie contract which they have in Dak they have that in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott you have a a quarterback and a running back on a rookie contract and yet somehow they're unable to build themselves a team and take advantage of this window that is going to close very shortly because both of those guys are going to get paid a lot of money since we're on this topic are we gonna talk about the Des Bryant of it all go ahead talk to me about Des Bryant of it all Oh, well, word on the street is that if Jordan not, sources coming in hot. If not on draft day or before then, the word is that Des Bryant is going to be cut from the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I have not heard that. And I don't know if I trust a guy who gives his sources from his bed, but that would be pretty, pretty fly if that happened. You generally don't trust that guy, but. <laughs> but in this case. You should trust him. I put my full faith in that guy. I mean, you know, you know that this guy is tireless. He's, he's doing the podcast when he should be sleeping. Right. I love he, it. You, he's you're always hard work out of that guy. It's like when you see Schefter on on like live TV tweeting. It's like that man is always working. And you see Jordan, 
Jordan giving his sources from the bed, that man is always working. He never stops. That would be that would be pretty crazy if if they uh, if they cut Dez. And I think it would then immediately just tip their hand at what they're doing with their first overall pick, which is taking Calvin Ridley or um, or who's the uh, DJ Moore? Is that the other guy? The receiver? Yeah. Um, the oh the the tweet source from this is uh, actually Jordan Short Jordan Schultz, uh, Yahoo Sports Insider. There you go. He says, "Make no mistake about it, they will cut Des Bryant." Look at this. This is this is what happens when when you get a little bit of uh, of clapback from naming sources in a bed. Jordan now is going to cite his sources. He's going to be the receipts. I'm right. coming with all the receipts. The only the only person in the Twitter sphere in the NFL Twitter sphere to be like sources this person's name calling you out in case the source is wrong. It's not my fault. Yes, I live in Austin, so unfortunately have to watch the Cowboys games all the time. And I would not be surprised at all if they cut Des Bryant. He's had a couple of bad years, and Dak Prescott does not seem to enjoy throwing him the ball in situations where he wins. And I don't even know if he can win there anymore. Now, he's the kind of player that could come back and prove everybody wrong, but he's also the kind of player that you could keep paying him $10, $15 million a year for three more years before you realize, like, oh, he's just not very good anymore. Uh, wide receivers are coming fairly inexpensive i love the hearns deal for six million if you get three or four guys like that to compliment your young quarterback who actually sees the field and feel it isn't just a one read guy i think that's much better than just having one former stud and williams terrence yeah. williams Ugh. yeah no i agree uh Staying in the receiver news, I totally missed this signing, but I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, Terrell Pryor signed with the New York Jets. So there you go. Oh, man, I, I love Terrell. What are you doing? Jordan, Terrell. what are you doing? Um, Anytime someone signs with the Jets, I blame Jordan. <laughs> I totally Jets, missed his move. Yeah, I totally missed it too. Uh, the Jets... I mean, on paper, don't have the worst receiving core. You got Terrell Pryor, you got Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson. That's not awful. Like, and I mean, we can make fun of the Jets, but Josh McCown was pretty decent last year, and they're presumably going to take a quarterback at three. And so, like, I don't know. I just hope all I hope is that last year Terrell Pryor was a fluke, and that we're going to get that Terrell Pryor is going to remind everyone of Cleveland Brown Terrell Pryor, who was just in Cleveland roasting cornerbacks roasting them robbie anderson was a monster flex play last year he was fantastic he, he played for the jets he was relatively unknown so you never knew what he was going to do but he went on a long streak of scoring touchdowns yeah he, did, he was he was a nice play last year um yeah moving on in the other news um oh let's uh let's stay with talking about receivers and let's talk a little bit about uh clark Clark's favorite guy and uh, the man who Jordan scorned, uh, Jordy Nelson, talking about his departure from the Packers, saying that he was hurt uh, by the abrupt departure and comments or lack thereof uh, from many of the members of the media. Uh, this is a quote from an ESPN article, uh, quote, I think the hurt part was, to be honest, was the unwillingness to try to make it work. Uh, Jordy then went on to say, I'd given so much to the team and to that organization. It was upsetting to me to see people cast me off so quickly. Uh, Jordy then singled out one particular Jordan Smith saying that the noted podcaster uh, with all of his sources seemingly cared little about his departure. Quote, I just wish he'd invited me onto the show, said Jordy. So um, 
I guess, Jordan, what's your response to that? That seems uh, like a pretty big call out um, and an opportunity that we could have gotten onto the podcast that you quite honestly refused. I would have loved to talk to Jordy. He's got a great namesake. Um, this like this whole Jordy Nelson situation is why I'm always like 100% fully in for a player never accepting less than what they feel they're worth. Um, no hometown discounts. Uh, don't make a deal that's easy for the uh, easy the team easy for the team that you're playing for to get out of in like a year or two if you want to stay there for longer than that because the the fact of the matter is the players are just always going to be more tied to the community or tied to the team and the locker room atmosphere than the owner or the GM. That's just a fact of the matter because the owner and GM it's their job to run a fiscally responsible business and they will always make the business move. Like, I mean, unless you're Jerry Jones, <laughs> who seems to be maybe pretty sentimental to his players and just handing out bags of cash with literal dollar signs on them. They're, they're always just going to make the business move. So seriously, like Odell Beckham, Le'Veon Bell, Kirk Cousins, go get your money. That was a good uh, a good diversion. That's a good way to kind of uh, quickly change, <laughs> change change the conversation away from uh, the slight that you threw at one of uh, Green Bay's beloved players, and instead made it about getting paid. So that's well done. That's a good move in the journal business. Well done. It, you know what? I'm glad he got paid. What do you get? Like ten million dollars? Yeah, he did. Like, it, no, he got yeah. he got fourteen and thirteen of it's guaranteed or something like that. Oh, Jordy, Jordy, Jordy's money, not Jordy. complaining. Jordy's not complaining. Come on to this podcast if you want to complain, though, Jordy. Uh, especially if you want to, you know, fight Jordan one on one. We'll watch that. <laughs> uh, finally, last bulletin here. Uh, the NFL, you guys, has voted on and changed uh, the catch rule. We've talked about this many times on the show. Uh, it's now simpler. At least that's what they hope. Uh, here is the rules as it's written. So I guess a catch now is control, two feet down, and then a football move, such as a third step, reaching or extending towards the line to gain, or the ability to perform such an act. Um, Clark, your thoughts on the new and hopefully simplified catch rule. Pete, I hope you're keeping track of where we are in the recording. This is yes. a stupid change that does absolutely f nothing <laughs> to fix the problem. It really doesn't. It really does nothing. The term phrase football move with when it lists, oh, with moves such as this, this, and this, it still makes it an arbitrary decision by the ref, depending on how they're feeling that day. So it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It, like it would be, it would be slightly better if they just left it at third step or reaching extending towards the goal line goal to yard to gain. Like there at least is a transport. Like, all right, did they take a third step? They did. Great. Did they reach the ball out? They did. Great. It's the ability to perform such an act. Like what the f does that mean? Like everyone, when you catch the ball has the ability to like extend or to take a third step. It's, I, I think that is going to be that's going to lead to a lot of it's going to still lead to referee interpretation of the rules. And that was what got us into trouble last time with the catch rule. That being said, my pudos, because we're going right into it, you guys. Seamless transition. That was all the news we had in the NFL. Now it's time for Pete to rant. Um my pudos is not directed at the catch rule. My pudos is directed at the NFL. I'm probably about to come across 
as a Patriots paranoid homer. But f*** it. Pudos to the NFL, you bunch of scum! Uh, ESPN's Sal Palamantino. I should have read this before I got on air. Palamantino had a chat with Al Riveron, who is the NFL senior vice president of officiating, uh, and indicated that it was clear, quote, clear, the catch rule already, this new one was already in place for the replay rulings on the touchdown catches from Zach Ertz and Corey Clement in Super Bowl 52. To quote Sal, quote, they were basically legisla- legislating on the fly during the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, what? Um, so the referees were officiating the catch rule differently in Super Bowl 52 than they had been officiating it all season long. Cool. That's awesome. Quickly, to all of those who would fill my mentions being like, chill, bro. You've won five Super Bowls. What are you complaining about? Could you imagine? The outrage that the casual NFL fan would have if the Patriots had won a Super Bowl because the rest were like, yeah, you know, there's two controversial catches. We're going to call them differently than we called them all season. People would have lost the shit. It would have been proof that that the NFL and the Patriots were colluding together. No part of me thinks that the Patriots deserved that to win that game. Let the record show. The defense got roasted up and down the field. I personally just find the lack of caring the casual fan has for this hilarious, given the uproar that would have happened had this been reported in the Patriots' favor. So kudos to you, NFL, for implementing the, the rule one game ahead of time. You should have refed it the whole way, just like you would ref the season. There's my kudos. You're not wrong. Thank so, you. get him, Pete. Yeah. Uh, do either of you guys have any pudos you'd like to share, Clark? Yeah, I have some pudos. I threw this in the uh, Slack messenger for fake teams today. There was a report, and I swear I just saw the headline and did not click on it, that said that the Patriots, and it just had like the single apostrophe, meet with Johnny Menzel. What does that mean? <laughs> and it, I saw so much reaction to this on Twitter, and I saw so many people talking about it. And so I am giving kudos to everyone who quote tweets this and clicks on those links and gives that your time and attention. Because when you do that, that's why we get such shitty reporting. That's why articles that end in a question mark reported as news exist, because you click on it and they just want your clicks. So you tell everyone, I'm dumb. Let's just wildly speculate and put out horrible work, Disney, ESPN. And I'll just click on it because it's salacious. And I'll share it with all my friends and talk about how stupid everyone is and why they should just listen to me. If you don't do that, and if you click on good stories from good articles, then we'll get better reporting and broadcasting and story writing instead of having this crap spoon-fed to us by Disney. Keep listening to our podcast, please. We're not Disney, are we? No, we're not. We're but we good. Are, See? But, we, <laughs> but we do. We do just randomly talk about shit. But I totally agree with you uh, because it's just like it's just it's literally when you open the link, it's just like the tweet being like Bill Belichick was at uh, Johnny Benzel's press conference or whatever. And you're like, great. That's the article. That was worth my time. I, I didn't click on those for different reasons, and it's mostly because of a shoddy quarterback who dropped his way out of the league is getting more attention and looks than a quarterback that went to the Super Bowl. So 
I, I've been boycotting anything Manziel related, even though I used to love him. We still love you, Cap. Cap, you can come on to the podcast anytime. We're going to tweet the crap out of that. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, you got Pudos for the week? Um, my quick Pudos is kind of indirectly at the NCAA and college basketball. Not for anything March Madness related, because um, I my bracket's to garbage now so it's like why even watch anymore um but this recent story that came out of uh marvin bagley who um it's been reported that he plays for duke it's been reported that his team or his family went from basically near the poverty line to living in like a mansion after nike had sponsored his aau team and i'm sitting here like so like, so what college basketball? The same thing applies for college football, all college sports. If a player or a team, any sort of individual who's out there performing, like literally putting their bodies on the line and making your school money or making your organization money and they don't see even a, like a one red cent of that, then I don't care what they get behind the scenes. I don't care about any sort of back alley deals if their mom gets a quarter million dollar car so their son will commit to their school i don't care they deserve to be paid anyway and you would be able to eliminate a lot of that issue if these athletes were paid some sort of money and i know there's an argument to be made well college football players and college basketball players would obviously make more than maybe your college swimmer or college golfer who is not necessarily on tv all the time well guess what pay what their value is worth. If they can get Ohio state to build multi-million dollar athletic facilities, they can cut a little scratch for the people that are getting concussions. Guys, I feel like this is a perfect topic for our next real talk podcast. Yes. And since I really want to have like a 30 or 40 minute discussion on that, Jordan, I agree with you completely. I saw you tweet about this and I love it. Uh, but I'll just pose the question and then I'll hang up and listen to the answer. Uh, why do uh, college athletes get treated differently than every other employee in the country? And that more, more will be discussed on the next Real Talk episode. There's a tease. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's now move on to the kudos and let's uh, get happy. Let's uh, move on from the time where we use our bleep button the most and instead move on to a time where we use our happy button the most. Uh, my kudos, nothing related about anything except for my day. Uh, kudos to the kid that struck up a convo with me today at lunch. I uh, was do every Wednesday I dog sit for my brother. And so I was going out for lunch to get a kebab and I was waiting in line to pay. And this kid behind me was just like, oh, hey, I like your shirt. And I was like, oh. Thanks, dude. And we had like this like pleasant one to two minute conversation and just like props to that kid for being super friendly. When I was his age, there was no way I would have been way too nervous to talk to some cool dude like me. Uh, and so props to him. Kudos. Kudos to you, kid, for being adventurous and outgoing and uh, and uh, able open to have conversation with randos. Props. I like it. That's a good kudos. I, I guess we're keeping the same order. Mine's quick. I heard that John Gruden said that he would be fine with doing away with replay. And I'm glad someone finally said it. People always say like, well, we need play replay so that they can get it right. And so that we, we know that that doesn't accomplish its goal. Let's just stop. Like, cause they get it wrong all the time with replay anyway. So let's just not make the games take four hours. Let's just get rid of it. It's fine. Kudos. 
Kudos to you, old man John Gruden. <laughs> Somehow we survived backyard football as kids without instant replay. So um, I, I guess my kudos is I was going to say Atlanta, the TV show on FX, because I love that show. But I'm going with just television shows in general right now because they're starting to get back. I love Atlanta. I've been diving deep into billions. I actually just started that over the weekend. And I love television. I love good TV. Um, if you like TV, I recommend checking out Atlanta. It's the best 30-minute show on television. Um, it's kind of nonsensical sometimes. It's not necessarily spoilery if you jump ahead and watch one episode compared to like an episode from a prior season. And Billions... That's just good financial crime drama. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you. It turns out when you decentralize entertainment, it seems to get a lot better. You just, yeah, it allows it allows for a lot more voices to be heard, which is awesome. That you like just get shows that are a lot more kind of interesting, engaging, and adventurous, which I'm all for. Instead of having four people who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground controlling what we're all going to see. Take that, Disney. Gotcha. <laughs> This is this the is Disney the, podcast. Yeah, this is the Get At Disney podcast. Disney, if you want to come on to the show and just get yelled at, be our guest. This is the last oh! podcast I get to be on, uh, when Pete gets a letter saying, actually, <laughs> fake teams does like, have an affiliation. Actually, Vox Media is affiliated yeah. with Disney. You guys uh, need to stop Batman. And Clark and his 125 porn bot followers <laughs> is, is no longer welcome on the podcast. <laughs> Bob Iger is going to come propelling down from the ceiling like Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible. <laughs> like, what are you saying about Disney? I just like how that's, that's how Clark's going to eventually get kicked off the podcast. <laughs> Disney's going to come down and be like, this guy's too angry and too against us. Knock him out. Oh, Disney well, needs a princess like Clark Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that idea. Oh, I'm so for that. There's there's another kudos. Um, Excellent. There you go, you guys. Uh. We are big news, breaking news. We tweeted this out. We are now on Stitcher. So if you are some rando who has an Android instead of an iPhone and you're like, I don't have iTunes. I can't listen to you guys. Well, first of all, you could have listened to us on SoundCloud. But now you can listen to us on Stitcher. So make sure to subscribe on Stitcher. Make sure to leave lots of reviews and rate us. Give us five stars. And don't forget then that we're still on iTunes. Rate us and review us. Um uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at uh, NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27, you guys. Um, yeah, we'll be back at your beautiful ears uh, next week to talk who knows what. But I'm sure it'll be great eventually. And I'm just throwing this out here live. Eventually, I want to do and we will do because I am the host. God damn it. Uh, we'll do a live mock draft for the NFL draft uh, to prepare. We'll each take every third team and we'll make their picks accordingly. It'll be fun. Get prepped for that. Clark, okay. Clark is excited. He's already just like, I've been watching film. I'm ready to go. This is going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for next week's show. And uh... <laughs>